0: Welcome to By the Sword, where we discuss the modern study of Historical European Martial Arts, or HEMA, with instructors, experts and martial artists from all over the world. This is the final episode in the Makers and Merchants series, And we meet Yuval and Marlies from Crossguard in the Netherlands, the team behind the pro-gauntlet HEMA glove. We discuss the human story behind the much-longed-for pro-gauntlets and the challenges faced along the journey. The episode was recorded on Instagram Live 13th June 2021. End of season finale. My guest today. I'm very uh, pleased to introduce to you Yoval and Marlies from Crossguard, who are the team. Here we are, the t- uh, from the team behind the uh, the Pro Gauntlet glove, the Fabled Hema. Here it is uh, on screen now. Amazing. Uh, it's actually there. It's a real thing. So we're going to talk about uh, the process, uh, how it came to be and uh and the sort of human story behind this amazing product and uh i'm, I'm looking forward to talking to you both and and uh, hearing how the pro gauntlet came to be a reality so starting with you marlies um we've got an hour so you know don't have to rush <laughs> Long
1: only an hour <laughs> hey, this is years okay. to talk
0: about <laughs> for longer so starting with you, Marlies, uh, if I could hear uh, about your background and how you got involved with this project.
1: Yeah, so I'm an industrial designer. I studied in uh, Delft here at the university. And when I finished my studies, I was looking for a job and did some interviews. And suddenly I got an email saying, hello, this is Martin and Um We're from... Uh, Godlet. We heard, we heard we heard your name from random name. It's like
2: <laughs> who, from who? Not scammy <laughs> at all.
1: No. <laughs> who got my name? I didn't give my name to Martin and Yuval. <laughs> like we make a glove, a protective glove. And I was like, oh cool, I love the design for Sparks products. Cool. What's it for? It's made for sword fighting. It's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> sword fighting? Is that a thing? <laughs> do people do that? Is there a market for it? Is it- I'm so intrigued, I'm I'm intrigued by the sword fighting. So alone, (laughs) interested to get an interview, but also sports products and designing and sounds a nice job uh, interview. So, okay, sign me up.
2: (laughs) what Marlies is not not saying is that she's probably done every extreme sport in existence. Really? That that we know of, so. Uh, All the other,
1: (laughs) yeah. So I got, um, um, normally I'm quite into kite surfing. So that's with a a big kite and a a board on the water, Um, which I got into because I also like snowboarding. Um, And next to that, I like mountain biking and, um, well, weight surfing and all the other board sports. Um, I did a lot of hockey, field hockey in my past. Um, so that's also the interest for sports products, <laughs> where where that came from. Um, but I never heard of sword fighting. Well, like, you know, you hear from fencing and then it's like, okay, but pointy stick. But, uh, all right. At least
2: you didn't think that we were LARPers. That's, that's already... <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, it was like, sword fighting, it sounds like this is a real thing and not indeed LARPing. So what is it? And then I started Googling. I was like, oh, there's real people actually sword fighting with actual swords and not the fancy stuff uh, of other things. So I was really intrigued. And I did the interview, and I got to see one of the first, uh, actually the beta one version of the pro gauntlet.
2: Mm-hmm. And it
1: was really cool. You see it, Martin and Yuval are really excited. So they put it on their hands. I was like, yeah, so this is a pro gauntlet. It's just... This and this, this is the sport. And I think maybe 20 minutes of the interview, the only thing I was looking at was the pro gauntlet and the way like, the fingers move and all the little parts uh, between the fingers. It's just so incredible to see it move. <laughs> and I like, Oh, do you want to try it? Like, of course, I want to try it. Like, oh. <laughs> like, Why? Do you have any questions? What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: So you were entranced by the product as soon as you saw it.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: And, so uh,
1: that,
0: so and what then I, you expected to do when you came straight out of university?
1: No, not at all. But then, well, it's not on this subject. But when I started to work here, um, uh, very quickly, we also got a um, design student intern as well. Uh, Called Gijs. And together we worked on bringing the beta 1 to beta 2 and like the the newer versions of the glove and getting all the the problems that we noticed from beta 1 testing, uh, trying to fix those issues. And the way that uh, we got to work on the the product was really um, similar to how I also did my graduation assignment at the TU Delft. So, together we worked um, on the problems facing us um, on an actual physical product, which is also what I really like to work on. And we also got a lot of time allowed from Yuval Martin. It's like, okay, we need solutions for the product. It doesn't matter how long it takes, it just needs to be uh, on the level that we want it to be for the Broke Outlet. So, that's really cool as a designer to just. Go ahead, figure it out, <laughs> take the time you need um, Yeah, right. and work on it. So uh, on the one hand, I wasn't at all expecting to work on sword fighting gloves, but the way we got to work on it was uh, all that I had hoped for from a design job.
0: So I have to ask you, Marlies, uh, have you tried HEMA? Have you have done all these extreme sports?
1: Yes. <laughs> so... After I got to work on the <laughs> for Godzilla, uh I was like, okay, cool. But, well, you can't design a product if you don't know what it's used for. So I have to do it, at least go to a training. and yeah. um, get Together with Gijs, who we went to the local HEMA club here, Zwarte en Steen. Um, and <laughs> I remember that at the end of the training, there was a lot of people like, oh, did you like it? And how? how did you think of it? And I was like, Oh, it's so cool just to have people uh, uh, already come up to you after a training and just like the, the, the little piece of interaction. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. But yeah, I have a lot of other sports that I do. So <laughs> I'm not really looking to do any extra sports, but it was really fun. And the people there, it was, it was pretty cool. Mm, so sense. it simmered a bit. <laughs> and then we went on um, a swordfish... I think 2017. It was um, the first one after. um, So uh, I think 2016, you guys launched beta one or trials, and then we went quiet for a pretty long time. And then at one point, we're like, we have a prototype, and we can show it to people, and we should go to Swordfish 2017 because it's the biggest tournament. In Hima And Marlies, you need to see this. Come with us. <laughs> Take the pro gauntlet. We're going to show it uh, to everybody at Swordfish. And the atmosphere there was just incredible. I, I walked around there and a lot of people, of course, <laughs> came up to us. Like, is that a pro gauntlet? Yeah, this is, yeah, this is a pro <laughs> You want to look at it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you want to look at it? And then, um, oh, so do you also do uh, sword fighting, HEMA? It's like, no, but well, I work on it, but it sounds really fun. And well, you just start talking with people and the conversations, and all of them were like, oh, do you do HEMA? Do you fight? Do you spar? I like, no. But n- now we should. It's like really interesting, um, the the openness of the, commu- the sword fighting community. I was like, oh, there's so many people, and so many different people, like young, old, uh, male, female, and everything is mixed together, and um, it's such such a diverse community. So I was walking around, like, oh, so many people, and everybody's, oh, it's really fun, really nice to meet you. We should fight. <laughs> <laughs> That's how
0: you okay, think. That's, that's how Yeah, yeah. Make yeah, and
1: really them. Yeah, yeah. Stop so them. then I started uh, training and fighting and yeah.
0: <laughs> so, uh, uh quite a, an unorthodox beginning to a career making sword fighting gloves, and at uh, Yuval obviously uh you're like the brains behind uh the project it was your all, you and martin uh came up with it um I'm, i just have to say like for the benefit of my listeners and viewers who are a lot of people who follow this account have only come up to Hema in the last year or so so they won't know uh all the backstory which is what we're going to be delving into today <laughs> but you know years ago you yeah. guys made an announcement that you were going to make this this uh, this uh, perfect hema glove that was going to solve all our problems, uh, and uh, and we, and we we've ha- it, so by the time it finally appeared, and you quite rightly took the time to make it to the to the standard that you wanted, everyone was just in awe, <laughs> just like it was like it's like seeing a unicorn, you know. It's like is that a real? Is that really the pro gauntlet? So, uh, yo, Yuva, uh tell us um, how. Um, you came up with the idea for the pro gauntlet. Yeah, I... um, Oh, your background, sorry, background. So obviously before pro gauntlet was a thing, you were a a well-known HEMA instructor and practitioner yeah you-
2: it was back in the day i was still known for other things in hima before i became the the pro guy <laughs> yeah <laughs> but um no i i've been doing Hema since or before it was called Hema. actually yeah. see so i my I, i'm you know at some point we we, we were around some Campfire with some old-time HEMA people, and then we sort of counted like, which generation HEMAist are you? And I'm like, no, <laughs> I make it in one of the first generations, not the first, but you know. Uh, for me, the adventure started in in 2004 uh, uh, with uh, with a club which which I founded with a couple of friends called Nordevint, um, and we were we always mixed HEMA with entertainment, so we gave live shows and we did film a lot. Um, and then at a certain point, uh, I mean, I live in Delft, the, the technical university where my comes from, uh, Martin also graduated from the David Delft and, and me as well. Uh, I studied architecture, not, I mean, I'm doing nothing with architecture right now, in no time. Um, but, uh, but I met Martin who studied, the uh, um, industrial design and, um, and engineering. And, um, there was, there was a public sort of swordsmanship training which was organized by one of the groups in delft when there were still groups uh or well, different kind of groups in Delft, let's say and uh and that's where i met martin and i w- i always say that that the program that story started right then because uh both martin and i we were aspiring partners uh, we just met each other for the first time and uh, we were doing an exercise with steel swords and I, and, and i hit him on on the wrist at, in that exercise and i always say well this has to be the moment that forgotten forgotten Forgot started and he says he still has the scar from that so uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um well actually martin at the time he was he was graduating on a safe tournament sword uh, because at the time there there weren't faders yet it was it was in the in the nylon era uh, and, uh, and Martin had an idea for a better sword that would be safe to use, but also had this, the properties and the feeling of steel. Um, and that was, of course, a fascinating project. So uh, I, I got involved a bit. And um, and when once once he was done with his studies, once he graduated. Um, yeah, we had a good conversation and we thought like what can we do for HEMA? To, 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 we were really inspired and and you know we, we really wanted to do something for the community and, and we thought um, what is the one item that, that HEMAists need in order to you know uh, progress in their sword play um, and also to allow uh, more people who maybe are hesitant to fight uh, to, to to train safely and then we came with the idea of a glove especially at the time there weren't that many gloves around now it's a bit different the, the, the playing field has changed but uh, back in the day there the, the were you had the choice um, and, and it, in a, to a certain extent it's still the same choice between either a glove that protects uh, but you know reduces your mobility significantly so all all the fancy techniques all the all the uh, the wrist movements, uh, all the finesse that you would usually want to apply in blows uh, you know, were very hard to do with, with the equipment. So you were fighting against your equipment. Mm. Um, so you had a choice between, between uh, a heavy glove that that didn't allow you to move, or you had a light glove that didn't protect you. So, uh, and, and, we, we, we thought we could, uh, combine or or, or make an awesome glove that would combine these two features in one. And that's how it all started. Um, And then we we, we were really hesitating whether we should start or not at the time. Mm. And then, and then Marta said something like, uh, if we look back to this moment, five or six or seven years from now on, uh, would we have regretted not to have started? (laughs) Mm. And and we thought perhaps we can find the answer if we if we start a crowdfunding campaign, so we wanted to see uh, if if other people were also interested and it was back in the day crowdfunding campaigns were not as prominent as, as they are now basically mm-hmm. we just we sold an idea we didn 't even have a product we had an idea, and for a research project that could in the end become a glove if if we succeeded and um, and we we made uh, twenty thousand euros in the, at the time, uh, so which was
0: find us. What year was that when you did the crowdfunder?
2: That was w- twenty thirteen. Twenty thirteen, yeah. Yeah, uh, and and there was a lot of enthusiasm and there was a lot of support and and that really got us started. And then we got twenty thousand euros from this crowdfunding campaign. And We thought like, wow, this is a lot of money. Uh, this this will be over in a year or or one and a half years tops. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: well, here we are. <laughs> yeah, and you know, and then that's that's the beginning of of, of a longer journey in which, like, uh, every time, every time we thought we were nearly there, because no one has ever made something like this. So, so every time you you get a step further, uh, you see that there is ten more problems ahead uh things you you didn't think about and that's a that's a bit of the nature of tech startups really or 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 like like any hardware startup any like anyone in the audience who is in hardware development and made completely new products out of nothing because we didn't take something from the market and try to improve it we really started from scratch um just just looking at at biomechanics looking at um at, at medical data like where are the most uh, uh, vulnerable places in the hand. We looked at impact mechanics, and we basically used these as parameters to to develop this concept, uh, which was all fine on paper. But then you have to make it real, you know. And um, so, and, yeah, as as I was saying, like any any hardware developer will will immediately understand our story. That um, you know, it's it's one step forward. Two steps forward, one step one step backward, and and you never quite know when you've reached the end of it. The only thing you can do is make prediction, and 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 go for it. You have to go for it, uh, and you have to believe in it. Um, and we always believed that we were really just one year away, and and in the end, it turned out a lot differently. And um, you know, it's it's just, it, but that, that's the nature of of pioneering in technology, and. Um, so what? Yeah, what drove us forth is that we really had this enormous commitment to the HEMA community, who believed in us, who who entrusted us with their money, uh, uh, and uh, we gathered some more support along the way, and uh, and and yeah, in the end, it became some something like like sheer stubbornness, you know, that we, we just had to finish it, we just had to to make the finish line. Um, and uh, and now we are finally after after seven years of development uh um and a bit more now, we are we are finally producing the ProGauntlet um in in yeah, continuously. So that, that's that's like the first time we've achieved this and, and shipping them continuously as well. So um yeah, that's 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 the short of it. It's <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So got
0: a lot of like In your memories, obviously, you've got a lot of moments that stand with you. Martin saying something and a a moment where something like this is going to be significant uh, one day. Was there a a standout moment for you when you um, decided, right, I'm going to make this a reality? It's not going to be an idea anymore. We are definitely going to do this.
2: Mm, I, I would say that was at the very beginning like but the, the moment the crowdfunding succeeded we 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 both said this is the moment let's let's jump uh and and Martin, is, Martin and I are we really like one liner so we had all kinds of you know we read business books to inspire ourselves and looked at at you know at big successes and then and then you find all kinds of things like like um Uh, the, the, the best, the best moment to plant a tree was yesterday. The second best day, uh, the the second best moment is today (laughs) and, uh, that kind of stuff. So we really, we really motivated each other, especially in the beginning. It was just Martin and me and, 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 and a varying crew of people helping us. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, it, we we really had to help each other because every like one of us would always sort of despair and say, "No, we'll never make it. It's impossible." And then the other would sort of pick up the other person, and then uh, uh, and then we would and then drag to the next next station, and then and then it would be the other way around later. So it's, and then
1: say, "But what about the backers? We cannot leave
2: the backers." No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: I'm a backer. I was a backer.
2: Yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> I was there. Thank you, thank you for still sticking around and talking to us. <laughs> yeah. So, uh,
0: you know, I never gave up on you guys. Um, and 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 this in this on a sort of similar note, um, when did you like? Obviously, like you said, we were, we always thought we were one year away from completion. We were always, but you know, the, the goalposts just keep moving forward because all these issues come up. But you persevered, and when did you finally think we've got it? You know, you, uh, Marley's. You said that you went to Swordfish and showed everyone the uh, the prototype. Was that the moment when you thought it's no, in our- no.
2: <laughs> Well, I, I, would say, I would say I would say yes and no because at the yeah. time, at the time, we thought we got it yeah and that's and that's and that's that's the thing about this development about this trajectory um the moments when we thought we got it are you know we stopped counting these moments yeah (laughs) because um every new phase we just we just um uh, we just found out that we got into a new phase and every new phase has its own challenges so it's it's i made a post about this uh, uh this week earlier um and you cannot look ahead it 's like it 's like you're in a jungle or in a mist, and you can only look ahead a couple of steps mm-hmm. uh, and with all the information you have and you know you you, you, you plan ahead and then, and then you think like well um, for for as far as I can see it, it doesn 't look very complicated anymore let's yeah. let 's go you know because we have we have one functional prototype then the step to production that it can 't be that complex and then yeah. you go and you go then you go to to uh because th- this plastic is 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 um, i say there's a couple of complexities the the, the material it's, uh, it's it's a very unconventional material to be used in this kind of situations in, th- in this precision it's it's an industrial material um, and and the shapes the shapes are also not very easily producible uh in in this detail because we design it in such a way that it's everything is is meticulous because we want to you know, to have the the motion as smooth as possible, and we and we want to have, you know, we don't want to have any material between the fingers that will sort of spread your fingers apart. Mm-hmm. So, so that means everything is 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 a matter of millimeters. Uh, and if you're off by a few millimeters, then 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 the the finger will jam. You know, and we have had many of these problems in the beginning. I mean, Marlies can. Yeah, that, to that was
1: also uh, that that first swordfish. page. We spent, I think, half the tournament and all nights in the hotel lobby um, trying to figure out all the little pieces because then we had a design which was um, really um, susceptible to being, if it was just a millimeter off, the whole system would jam and it wouldn't move nicely. So we spent, I think, every evening, every night of the tournament in the hotel lobby trying to get it <laughs> better and better, yeah. so I was like, ah, oh, no, and the on the one side, it's like, no, no, we don't have it, this is not it, but on the other hand, you also know, but okay, but protection wise and um, overall, there is something here, and as a designer, you see, okay, it's not there yet, it doesn't, um, um, the uh, it's not right for the, the require. it doesn't meet the requirements that we have for it, but we know where the problem is, and that we can fix that
2: <laughs> yeah. you can say you can say one thing about, about yeah. yeah exactly i mean i mean that's the thing it's 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 made by engineers and engineers are problem solvers by trade so um some people say, "Well, it's been over-engineered." Well, uh, I would I would gladly invite them to come and and, and talk about it because um, you know every, every single joint needs its its own solution in a way, and and because it's plastic, you cannot just copy everything that has been done in historical gauntlets. Um, um, so there there's a lot of thought process that went into making the glove as it is right now. Um, and that also sort of sets you on a certain direction so so uh, you know if you look at if you have an evolutionary chart of of ideas at some point you just commit to one route and then you go for it, and then it's going back ten steps to go another direction that that will you know it means you have to throw away a couple of years of development so so sometimes it's just like okay, we have chosen this path, and now we have to continue on it so um, that's 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 the beauty and also the horror of of the design uh process um so yeah wh- when it comes to significant moments when you think you're there like at some point you have you have a, a prototype that works and and you get feedback uh from from your from your first users and they're like and they're happy and then then you then you're gonna make a series and then when you when you make a series like you, you notice that hey but the prototype was great, but 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 this one doesn't move as as good as the others. What's going on? Um, and and then you have to check your process, uh, um, and then it turns out that um, well, maybe I'll take one step back here and say like, before before actually producing these all these plastic parts, um, which we do ourselves at this point, we went to all the. Uh, the plastic manufacturers in the Netherlands to ask if they could help us make this because we we just had a prototype it was cast in 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 molds in hand hand cast molds but that's you know industrial uh, it's not not scalable Mm -hmm. so we went to all these companies and they looked at at this design and they looked at all the parts with big eyes and they said wow I don't understand how you guys made this but uh, so I cannot do it or or they would say they would say I can do this, but it will cost you 400 euros a pair. <laughs> and so then the only thing, the only choice we had was to make our own molding uh, technique. Um, and. And all, and that also. I mean, we 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 started, and we had initially we had great success with with molding, with casting the parts in, in our new techniques. And we thought, like, okay, so how car how hard can it be to scale this up and to go to the next level? But then that 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 turned out to be really hard. <laughs> so, so so every step along the way, from from a prototype to a small series and keeping the 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 quality constant, then from a small series to something that is scalable and manufacturable, and then. Then, then you have a a series of gloves which we had last year, like thirty pairs, which we sent to users all over the all over the world, our our backers, um, and then we got a lot of feedback. Like like the, like in in the first day or in the first week, people had completely obliterated the 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 the, the connections of the gloves. So there's they sent us pictures of like, like popcorn gloves like all, all exploded, and then we're like, oh man, um, and. And somehow uh, you know, you do all kind of testing indoor. Um and we did a lot of testing. We did testing with, with I mean that's that's when the engineers really shined. You know, they 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 made all the testing robots that that would pull at a certain string like a, a thousand times or ten thousand times over the weekend and then at the end if if the if the certain strap was still was still there, was still not destroyed, then, then we said, Okay, well this should be fine. Um <laughs> And then you send it out to someone else in the field, and they will break it in a day. <laughs> and then, I, yeah, I mean, that's that's. Uh, it's really shocking when it happens. We can we can say because every time, I mean, we've put so much time and effort and energy into. I mean, uh, kudos to our engineers because they they could have had jobs at other companies where they would have had uh, twice the salary, <laughs> and and uh, but but they're still here because everyone is so committed to. To make it happen, so everyone is sort of making personal sacrifices, almost to 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 make this journey and and to come to go to the end. And then again, something happens, another setback, another setback, another setback. And this happens so many times that you know, in the end, you you look back and you say, "Man, how naive were we? Why the hell did we even start this, really?" And 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 I always say, and I and I'm dead serious when I say this. Uh, if we would have known how much effort this would have taken from the start, we would never have done it. Absolutely, um, but we did start the journey, and then because of because we were so naive, we 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 made step after step after step after step, mm-hmm. and yes, every phase has its new issues, but uh, they are better issues. Mm-hmm every time the issue is a bit is is a higher level issue it's and every issue you can solve as long as you have a really long breath um and that's what we have so um our commitment to making the best ema glove out there is still there it's still you know rock hard and um and it is reinforced every time that's that we we go online and and we explain our difficulties and of course, you'll always have people who say like, "Hey, I paid you guys two years ago. Where's my where's my damn glove?" And you know, Seven I, years ago, is background. <laughs> so, or seven years ago, yeah. And you know, there's nothing you can say about it because because they're absolutely right. They did. They have a right. to their product. Um, but in the meantime, you know, there's there's also people who say like, "We we really understand. Just just take your time, and we and we still trust in you." And 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 that's that's what keeps us going really, because you know, without people having faith in us and without people supporting us, then this this journey would have been 10 times as hard.
0: It's, it's uncharted territory. You'll yeah. draw the map as you go. Uh, so, you know, it's, you've got to be kind to yourselves uh, for, like you said, that you're not taking someone's idea and improving on it. You're starting from the ground up. So it, it takes the time that it takes. Um, I just want to say, uh, folks at home, there's 10 of you watching right now. We're at the halfway mark. We've gone over the halfway mark. Um, If you've got questions uh, for Yuval and Marlis, please, you just click the uh, button at the bottom of your screens. It looks like a speech bubble with a question mark in it. Hit that, type in your question, and we will open it up, and we will read it out. Um, So... What I mean, this is uh, this is going to be difficult to answer now. Uh, what is what was the hardest part about making Pro Gauntlets?
2: Okay, I, I I wonder what Marlisa's take on it is, but so, <laughs> oh, do you
1: have one? <laughs> I think it actually it it ties up with the um, uh, the, 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 the the answer we gave. And what you said in response, is like, you are drawing the map as you go. And indeed, we were drawing the map as we went. And then we looked up and we said, oh, but now we need a ship to cross this sea that we're in front. Uh, We have a glove, but now we need a way to produce it. Mm. We know where to go, but we can't go there. We have to build a ship now. We have to make a manufacturing system that can actually... Make or glove, <laughs> like ah oh, man, <laughs> we could have delivered it. And it also uh, it was at the same time we crossed into the valley of death, which is the investment term. Um, um, it's like you you have a product, uh, but it's not yet on the market, um, so it's not yet clear on on what the value of the product is and um so you have a lot of uh, i think it's angel investors yeah Well, you have angel investors and that they say okay you have a nice idea i want to see where you bring this idea i'll invest uh, a small bit of money um so like the the crowdfunding campaign it allows for a bit of an exploration of an idea um and you have the big investors like okay you have a company you have uh, a way to produce your product and you have uh, you know what your market is, and and how big your um, uh, well, the revenue group is. is. So, yeah, the revenue. How big your revenue is, uh, and f- for that uh, you have big investors. Yeah. But in between that, exactly the moment we were, we had a product. We knew we knew what our idea was, but we didn't have a manufacturing system, so we couldn't produce it, and we we didn't have any revenue or any indication of. How much it will would sell once we could sell it, and um, and that's the the value of death uh, where a lot of companies feel, <laughs> because wow, they can't so- find investments. So we were sitting there like, yeah, okay. <laughs> you hear the sound blowing? Terrifying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It really does but then, everything. yeah. Again, we have a company with a lot of engineers. And the good thing about engineers is that they can... Okay, but this is a problem. Well, let's get some uh, hammers, some nails, some wood. We can build a ship. (laughs) That's what we do. (laughs) Let's do it. Yeah, exactly. Um, And then we also have Uval, who is also an engineer, but also not an engineer. (laughs) I know about bricks. (laughs) (laughs) And he knows about money. So (laughs) somehow, somewhere, he found a little gold nuggets um which allowed us to to go on and develop the mark the manufacturing plant
2: yeah 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 it's 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 a nice bridge to um you know you 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 gotta you gotta keep finding fuel for the project and um i have i don't have a background in, in 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 business or in in finances at all, you know. Uh, but this is this is these are all skills you have to pick up along the way. And we, we joined a, a start startup incubator here in Delft, who, you know, got us into a network of mentors and that kind of stuff um, that helped us on the business front a lot. Um, so yeah, I, I never thought like if you if you would have if you would have told me that uh, like, like seven or eight years ago that that one day I would be chasing investors and uh, you know pitching all kinds of business plans, uh, I w- I would have laughed at you because that's not at all the person I was. But you know you, you become that out of necessity. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think that the hardest part for me every time is uh, you know. It's is when I when I go online and and I see people who, you know, are starting to lose their patience, you know, or or, or when there's such a major setback that I said, man, we promised this, and now we cannot fulfill our promise. Uh, that always hits me, and it and it hits the whole team because no one no one no one here is slacking, you know, no one here is uh, is, is looking at the board and saying, oh, which promise shall we break today? Mm-hmm. But but some sometimes you know the internet being what it is you 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 see people with with that kind of sentiment then they have a certain picture of how it's like yeah and uh, because you know and and it's normal because I mean we didn't know that it would be like this we never we never could have guessed, so I understand these people as well but but um you know people are used to to order things you know by clicking a button and then two weeks later it's on your doorstep that's that's how society has become that's how internet marketing that's markets how 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 markets have become so uh to be able to deal with that and to you know to go online and tell the story and and also you know taking these people seriously because you know they have a valid concern um, and 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 doing that in a tactful manner that's that's that sometimes takes a lot of patience and a lot of you know you have to you have to really look at what you're saying and and you look at what you're promising mm-hmm. uh, and that has been a, a very delicate road to walk uh because our intentions are always good um but you know in in the end people have only only have so much patience
0: they do so. and and it's easy to uh be weighed down by one person's negative feedback
2: absolutely absolutely rather
0: than all those people who believed in you and continue to believe in you and can't wait to see your product and know that you're going to do it and but but just one person's kind of impatience can really ruin your day um even if it's just one comment you know yeah against, yeah, absolutely. against all of the positivity and against all of the kind of determination that you've you built up as a team and everything it can it can just it can really yeah. yes, um, you know if you don't kind of put it into perspective uh, and you, as you say really see it from their point of view and understand why they would say something like that. It can really mess up your day. I can completely understand that. Absolutely. It, it, happens, yeah. it happened to me this week actually. <laughs> no. not, not quite on that scale, but it was it was, you know, you know, one bad comment kind of ruins your day kind of thing. Um we've got one comment, hopefully a nice one question here in the uh <laughs> oh, it's Mikein and it's uh one of our most popular questions I think this is one of the most common questions you get, isn't it? Uh how are you on the smaller sizes process now? Don't know if we talked about that already. So smaller sizes. How
2: okay. You... Uh, we, we knew this was coming. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: um, I have a vested interest in this question. Yes, yes,
2: yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> So is that is Maiken asking that question?
0: Yeah, Maiken's asking.
2: Uh, She's she's been here. You know how it's going.
0: You got your information. Asking for the benefit (laughs) of the audience.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, Well, why don't you tell the audience about what you've been doing with smaller size? sir?
1: Here it is. Our little baby garden slept. (laughs) It's a bit broken already. Growing pains. Um, so now that we have our pro gauntlet, um, we can start all over again <laughs> um, from scratch, almost. Well, it's not from scratch at all, um, but really look at all the elements in the whole design of the the, the glove and reevaluate um, how to make it in a smaller size. So actually, where we started was and I think you already started with the start of the Bergantus is to really look at, um, and what you've all said at the start of the interview, like we, we really looked at the whole biomechanics of the hand. Um, and we also took into account like, okay, but how does that scale with smaller hands? Because hands are not a standard size. (laughs) Yeah. And they don't scale, uh, in a, in a certain dimension. Uh, or ratio, so some people have wide hands, some people have long hands, some many have thick, ha- thick fingers with small hands. Um, so we started with basics and reanalyzed, like, okay, what kind of hand sizes are there? Um, and um, not just following, like, the, the standard that's – or the industrial standards to say, okay, we have a table, uh, we have a finger length, uh, all the different finger lengths, and uh, size M and size L is this size and this size. So we really had to start from the beginning. Like Our glove is made for the hand, so what does an actual hand look like? Um, and that's where I spend most of my time for the smaller size uh, currently. Um, to analyze all the the people's information that we collected at all the different tournaments, uh, we actually started already at, at Swordfish 2017 or tournaments before that as well. Mm. Um, and I use that information to make this, this smaller glove. Um, and it's just actually hack and saw of the the current pro gauntlet and just say, okay, so this uh, this part. Let's just cut it in two, make it smaller, uh, glue it back together um, uh print it out on our 3D printers. And I made this smaller glove. And actually, uh, and as well as some other um, local HEMIS came by the office and tried this glove for us. And we could validate, like, okay, indeed. some. Uh, hands are smaller and if we develop a size S, then indeed this is the ratio of all the different finger parts uh, or hand parts Um, and this is what a size S um, on the ratio for the hand what it looks like. But now we need to take even a step even further uh, into the design. And say, okay, but we can't just scale this part smaller because all the, um, uh, thickness, all yeah. the thicknesses mm-hmm. then also become smaller. And what we found with the, the first, the, the, the actual, the current pro gauntlet, is that it's really a matter of millimeters on whether a design works or not and if it's strong enough to withstand an impact. Um, so actually, can you see it here? there's a small it's became so thin that there's a hole in the
0: um
1: d print that is it it became too thin so now we have to look at all the surfaces and all the uh parts in the glove again um to um make sure that all those thicknesses are uh retained but then also um so what you see here is that all the finger parts are connected with these bands that allowed them to um, the ease of motion. Uh, And what we have with this glove, because it's a size L, there's quite a bit of um, area for uh, all these little slots and pieces for these bands. But what I found with the the smaller glove is that this middle piece here is so small (laughs) that there's just no room for all the, the bands and slots to go to. So, the entire design needs to have a re-evaluation of um whether it works in, in this smaller volume and, and size. Um and then actually <laughs> there's the extra layer that currently we're also fixing all the issues that that everybody is experiencing in fields now. So people uh breaking uh connectors um and other uh, things, so this is also a moment to take into account, okay, we can't just apply those solutions to this size because then we have all those issues again, so uh, we also do have to do a lot of extra re-engineering to make everything work, and then we also go back to (laughs) a comment earlier in the podcast that at some point you have the the flowchart of where you go with your design, and at one point you decided, okay, we'll follow this path and uh, let the design go in this direction. Uh, but once you find out that it doesn't work, uh, now we can't just take all the steps back and go in another path. Because people are already already using their glove and they also want a fix for their problems. So mm-hmm. now we also have to take into account, is this a solution that works for the current design of the glove and does it also work for people who have already bought the glove and also want a better solution
2: yeah so 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 oh. maybe it's, it's good to zoom out <laughs> a little bit here uh, sorry friend uh, it, it's good to zoom out a little bit so so the way we design the glove is that uh one of one of our founding principles that say is that um the every part should be able to be replaced uh, if if it wears down, you should be able to order either a complete finger or a part, and and you could either install it yourself or you could send it for us, and we could easily replace it with with a new part or an upgrade part, let's say. Yeah. Um, this has been a huge benefit up until now because you know this this thing has never been made before, so we can only we can only test so much as 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 I said before. Uh, And then uh, you have to just trust the product and go into the field. And then, of course, you're going to notice that some things don't exactly work. And then you fix those along the way. And we always promise our our older users like, okay, when when we come with the better solutions, we'll ship you the parts and and then you can install them yourself. Um, So, yeah, part of the process now is learning from how this one is doing in the field uh, and optimizing this model and then, um, yeah, hopefully, um, this one take a lot, a lot more extra time. And then we can use the optimized model, uh, uh as, as a base to actually scale down to other sizes. So, um it's not that like, we're waiting for for things to to uh to break <laughs> or anything so no. most most of the most of the elements here are like are like really high-tech materials all the all the little bands here that keep the fingers together it's made of dyneema which is one of the strongest fiber in fibers in the industry right now the the inner part of the the glove is it's all dyneema it's just to prevent stabbing through the hand, with stuff stuff that is being used in modern fencing equipment. Um, so we trust the materials to do their jobs, but sometimes, you know, you have, you have a little rubber band that's not, that's not performing as you want it, uh, and then you need to fix it first. Um, and we hope that the moment we actually go shift and into, into production into other sizes, that they will benefit from all the, the upgrades that have been uh, made along the way. Uh, of the
0: large version (laughs) on the topic of small sizes uh this is just my input like uh, my kind of perspective like when I was in Svignis I did a survey of the members who are all women and I said uh what size glove are you this is before the program that was available was still just in development um and um three quarters of I think about 100 women said I can't fit into a small small is too big Mm -hmm. Uh, and like so the sort of like the industry standard of sizes is as you say it's not just a case of you take a hand and you scale it down uh, because hands you know are different depending on you know the lengths and the the thickness of fingers and the hand and the relation to the palm and all the rest of it so every there is no kind of people don't come in standard sizes um and i think from as a as a female uh, hema uh, practitioner having gloves that fit my hands elevated my performance immeasurably it's like i could now fence like everybody else if i can't if you don't have anything that if you can't protect your hands you don't want to participate it's just they're just too precious you know we've all hurt our fingers at some point and it's not it, it just deters you from fencing at your best um and just knowing that gloves aren't you know st- industry standard sizes suck um and the fact that you ha- then have to just re-engineer the gloves to try and get it down to the small sizes it's kind of a testament to um just how difficult it is I mean it's already difficult to make the pro gauntlet and then to make it everything smaller as you say like it everything getting scaled down even though it's just one size down um is immeasurably hard and it's it's just in, and like you say it's another huge um challenge for the team um and says here i knew some of it but good to know all of this thank you guys so much um thank you michael uh, oh I, all my gesticulating—I've done ten thousand steps apparently. Uh.
1: All
2: right. congratulations! But you're you're right. Just just to add a little bit to what you just said, um, even though like all of our engineering is done in in engineering software, so we have three D models and everything, and even using these modern day tools, mm-hmm. uh, it's 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 a considerable challenge. Um, as for for women, uh, actual women's hand sizes versus versus industry standards. Um, well, we don't actually use industry standards. We we just we actually we have the measurements of. Of, of hundreds upon hundreds of of Hema practitioners, and we use this data to to determine okay, who who fits into this size category? Who fits? We use we use the actual measurements to determine the size categories, um, and then uh, we, uh, as Marnie said, this prototype was was tested with various Hema uh, women in the Dutch Hema scene. Who, to just to, to test a couple of assumptions in that size category yeah. so um, you know in the end this this is really designed for HEMA people in the community uh, and people. we hope that once we release them with uh, <laughs> yeah you you will you will see and uh, you will be benefit from from size, gloves that are actually working for you so
0: real gloves for real people um, Pablo Valera says, in the future, will there, be, will there be different versions that keep the general protection level, but maybe be a little more affordable for some countries? Because, like, not every country has the same level of affordability. Any comment on yeah.
2: that? that that's, that's a very good question, which we, which we get asked multiple times. So uh, one of the challenge, many challenges of the ProGauntlet is, uh, is getting it made for a cost price that allow us to continue our business. Uh you know, if if the, if people often say, well, it's a lot of money for four hundred euros or four hundred and fifty euros and yes, it is a lot of money. But um but the cost price are is also significant. And there's always has to be a balance between the two in order to 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 know like, okay, are we actually uh, doing something that makes sense on a business side, even though it's technically working and 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 uh, and people are buying it, it has to make sense on the business side as well. And this is something I was completely oblivious about, of course, when we started. We were just like, "Oh, let's make a glove, cool." Uh, <laughs> uh, and then, of course, you start thinking about these things. And um, at the moment, um, it it doesn't look like we can make this specific model cheaper um what we can do however is oh now let's say let's say let put it put it on the market for for lower prices unless there's special promotion or anything but um what what we can what we can do is uh is make uh payment plans for members who, who would really like to have a pair of programs but can't pay everything at, at once so we are looking into into ways of, of doing payment plans uh, at least to help to help the people who, who would really like to have them um, and then when it comes to future versions, well, we have a lot of ideas. We have a lot of ideas of of, uh, of versions that would suit specific niches within Hema. Uh, we might be able to make a cheaper version. I don't I don't know yet. But um, um, every every new upgrade, we'll have to to check. Like, are there are there enough people interested in it? So um, we're always going to check with the community. Like, like, is there a big demand for this upgrade? Is there a big demand for, uh, for let's say, an, an XL or an XXL size, which, which we often get uh, uh, asked. And, and if we have the feeling that the answer is yes, then, then it makes sense to develop. And it's not because we don't want to, because, you know, if you would, if you would let these guys alone in their in, in the room for uh, a year and you, feed, you put pizza in it, I mean, they, would, they would design everything. Because they would <laughs> that's what they want um but we also in the end have to have to keep a business running so so every next upgrade has to make sense there has to be enough demand for it you and did, if so did, if people yeah. have ideas they just have to send us an email and then we'll think about it
0: i say is this thinking you should do it like a subscription like a, like for a phone for an for a smartphone or something you subscribe to a, the service and uh
2: yeah and you get the new version automatically you every get, time
0: exactly. you have a con a rolling contract with uh pro gauntlet um so um what yeah what have you learned what what has surprised you about this experience that you've learned from the whole process that you didn't expect i mean there's got to be lots of things but is there one thing
2: that I, I'm starting to think like, what hasn't surprised us? <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, I'm, right. every step along the way was a, was a surprise. And in, even, you know, you do your homework, you study business literature, you have mentors on board. But sometimes, you know, I have been at a table with experienced entrepreneurs, like people with gray hair, you know, and, 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 and who I really respect and trust in their, in their fields. And we have made some decisions that seemed very good at the time. Like, yeah, this is really thoughtful. You know what? We're going to take our production system, uh, which is amazing because we believe in it, because we made it, and, um, and we have some ideas about it. And then we're going to use it to get additional jobs, and we're going to produce parts for other companies with other products. That was a brilliant idea at the time. Everyone was behind it on the business level. In the end it was the worst decision we ever made <laughs> because it you know it detracted us from actually you know fixing the brogantes and, and we didn't know at the time that brogantes needed a lot more attention and that producing it needed a lot more attention or you know perhaps some people knew it but uh but in the end we 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 tried that direction and it was a total failure um so so then you learn from that mistake, and then you go back, and then you say, "No, we're going to do everything, all the other projects, whatever we have on the table, get it aside, and focus on one thing at the, at a time." So um, yeah, there's just there's just one example, but but uh, you'll be surprised at 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 how little you know when you make a decision, and you always make a decision with 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 ten percent, sometimes fifty percent of the information, but you have to decide anyway. And then only, and then you have to just accept that that the outcome is 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 not one hundred percent in your control, uh, and then you learn from that every time. But but you know, I mean, the biggest surprise, I suppose, is that is that where that it took us seven years to. <laughs> to yeah,
1: that it took so long
2: to, to get to this point. And uh, yeah, I don't know, Marlies, do you have any technical surprises? Or?
1: Well, I think the biggest surprise for me still is that you can go through this, this whole experience um, and actually well, uh, a lot of these difficulties that you can go through them by just saying like, I don't know, but let's try it and see what happens. I want to do this. I want to put the glove to market I want to bring it to the people. Uh, we have a design, we want to produce it, let's produce it. Uh, with how much there's, uh, how much there's possible if you just say to yourself, okay, I'll just let's try this, let's go for it, let's be bright. see what happens, yeah, and have the determination to just go for it. Um But you, you've said already multiple times, like if we would, had have known, would have known this now, how long it, or at the start how long it would have taken, you never started, no. but once you're started it is yeah but now i just want to finish it i want yeah. i want to make the next step
2: yeah. So. Yeah. you you need to be you need to be naive and unknowing in order to to, to try it in the first yeah. place and then you also understand why established com- companies um you know i'm talking about about any big company that, that's producing sports equipment uh or, or any equipment uh, established companies have this inertia because they 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 don't like taking risks anymore, mm. uh, and 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 that's why why innovation stagnates often with big companies. But with you know with with young upstarts who don't know anything, they'll no. they'll just you know blindly walk into it and uh, and keep walking. And that's and that's where you get to new ideas. Um, and and that's also the fascinating part about it. We could only do this because we 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 were naive because we didn't understand how it was so. Yeah. Our, our stupidity uh, was necessary. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you didn't know what you were letting yourselves into. a yeah, yeah. question here in the question box. I'm just going to have a look at. Hopefully, it's a nice one. We've got two. Uh, oh no, go that Mikan's one's gone. Um, oh, have you? Have you guys thought about infiltrating the hockey glove industry? I'm sure you have. Uh,
2: yes. Um, because at so, the time
0: so, that was all that was available uh, to Hema folks was hockey gloves and uh, lacrosse. Gloves.
2: Yeah, yeah, hockey and lacrosse and that kind of stuff. So yeah, um, we the moment we started to get into uh, like in, in, into the startup incubator at uh, Yes Delft, we got in touch with you know we got to present and pitch our glove to to any all kinds of people from all kinds of walks of life. Uh, um, you know, and, and the thing, the, 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 nice thing about our product is it's a very show, don't tell product. So the, our shortest pitch ever was for, for some kind of delegation from Dubai when we were found like, like 10 minutes in advance. Oh, there's a delegation from Dubai. Hey, you want to pitch? And then we and I were like, sure, fine, let's do it. So, so, uh, the shortest version of the pitch was, um, I take the glove, put it on my hand, put it on the table. Martin grabs a sword and smashed it full force and says, this is what we do. Any questions? <laughs> <laughs> and uh and it worked because people are really excited. It's very spectacular just just to hear that loud noise and and to see the, 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 that 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 the hand is fine, and they say do it again, do it again so uh we 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 did these demonstrations like like a bazillion times and then and then you always have people from some industries who say wow this this could be interesting for us, this could work for us we had we have people from like from sports, from the mining industry, from from construction, from police, like all kinds of people are looking at this technology and thinking, like, "Wow, could this could this mean something for us?" Um, so yeah, we have a lot of ideas to to go into other markets. Um, which some of them we develop on the background because uh, you know you got to you got to know where you first you got to get your first product right and put it on the market um and on the background you you can tinker with some ideas um so expect if if everything goes well you can expect some some cross-guard product in other markets uh other sports markets as well uh hopefully sooner rather than later because you know in the end HEMA as much as we love it HEMA is is a small market and it it takes a lot of Resources to keep a company like Roscard alive and and thriving and growing, um, and 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 our idea is, you know, to enter other markets as well, and then use the knowledge from developing there uh, to come back to Hema and 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 use that knowledge to to make more Hema products. It could be gloves, It could be other things, um, and yeah, basically be uh, an awesome innovation company when it comes to body protection.
0: Okay, so like, hopefully one day another big industry will pick up the pro gauntlet and invest in it, which will benefit the HEMA community. Um, Marlies and Yuval, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a pleasure to talk to you both and hear about the trials uh, and the the long journey to get to the reality of having the actual pro gauntlets literally in our hands. Hats off to all of you for for the hard work that you've put into it, and uh, I wish you the best of luck in your endeavors. Um, and I hope you get a, a big investor soon. So thank you very much for coming on.
2: Thank you very much, friend, for the opportunity and uh, and and the pleasure and the honor to be on your podcast. And you know, anytime there's any questions, we're always uh, 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 happy to answer them. And uh, maybe we'll uh, we'll get on a, on the next podcast at some in the future with uh, with some more good news to share. Yeah. Take
0: care, guys. All right. Bye. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. To show your appreciation, please give us a five-star review on your podcast platform or support our work by becoming a patron at patreon.com forward slash swordwomen. Go to at swordwomen on Instagram to see upcoming interviews. Or visit bythesword.net to learn about our events. Or visit our Facebook page, ByTheSword. Our sponsor today is none other than our Patreon members. You folks are bringing swords and HEMA to listeners worldwide. So thank you. To support our work and receive exclusive benefits, visit patreon.com forward slash. Sword women.